0: Hi everybody welcome back i am queuing up for you today a very intimate raw conversation our guest is harmony williams and she is sharing her story of leaving the mormon faith to now being a plant medicine integration guide she is so vulnerable and open about her struggles of mom life and in her relationships And how she has seen such profound transformation, not only in her own life, but in the lives of others with the use of plant medicine, before we get started, it is necessary that I read a disclaimer. I will also say that this episode does have some triggering potentially content around sexual abuse. So if that at all does not feel good to you, please skip this one and we'll see you next time. Dive in and listen to this conversation with harmony. Disclaimer, all the content in this episode is for informational and educational entertainment and harm reduction purposes. Only the feel good with Renee podcast and harmony Williams, their affiliates and guests are not doctors or mental health professionals or legal advisors. Any information shared is not meant to treat, diagnose, or claim cures for any physical conditions or mental illness. There are serious contraindications with various health conditions and pharmaceutical medications. The views of the guests are not the opinion and views of the feel good with Renee podcast. There is sensitive and possibly triggering topics in this episode, including sexual abuse. Please make your health, mental health, a top priority. And if this is triggering, please do not listen. Also, do your own research, know your local laws, and be informed, remembering that you are 100% responsible for your actions and subsequent consequences. Psychedelics and sacred plant medicines are not for everyone, even when done legally. You can find Harmony on her podcast called life-changing trips and she also facilitates self-love or retreats and workshops and all of that information can be found her instagram at life-changing trips or at harmony williams on facebook i'm so grateful that she share so openly about her background and the transformational path that her life has taken Enjoy. And I will see you next time. Welcome, Harmony. I'm so grateful that you could set aside some time to speak to me today and to share your voice with the audience and the listener. I was on your podcast last week and d- had that such a good so time fun. connecting. Yes. I know. I had it a good time great.
1: too. It was and listening of- to more episodes of yours. I'm on the human design kick now. I'm like, I <laughs> got to figure this out. I got to go in deeper. This oh, I so love it. Cool. It is. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. So your podcast is called Life Changing Trips, right? Yes. Yeah. Such a juicy title. I love that. And I, you probably have come across, or if you haven't, you know that I have an episode with my own experience about microdosing psilocybin. And when I saw the topic that you speak about, and I felt A resonance with that. I felt aligned with that in my own personal experience. And I was just so curious to get to know you better and to hear how you came into this being a passion of yours and helping people with this information and letting them know. So, would you mind starting off by giving us, yeah, giving us the background? How did you come to be hosting this podcast? What was that journey like for you? Oh, man.
1: Okay. I'm too. So I was raised Mormon, so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I did all the things in that, got married. I was very strong in faith, very into it, and followed those rules, repented if I didn't follow the rules, and let's see, had a faith transition a few years ago, and that was a really. Fun time. I had some great life coaches. There's people that really struggle with this, and I had some help that was priceless to me. And I'd been doing life coaching for a while, and that really helped me. As my kids were say they were doing things that in the religion, maybe maybe they didn't want to go to church or they didn't, they were drinking or something like this, or getting a tattoo, and it's no, life will be ruined, and you have yeah. this is terrible. The life coaching. Helps me just figure out what was mine process through that love them and let them have their own journey not need to force them to do it my way and the way i thought was the only correct way because that's what we are taught this is the only way to do life so that's the back background i see so yeah this, that's
0: powerful oh, <laughs> this yeah.
1: transition is happening and it I didn't expect to tell any of my faith story, but here it goes because it's, I, my husband ended up starting to research and feeling very passionate about some things he was finding out and it scared the shit out of me (laughs) because I had this happy little life with all the rules and all the things and that was a lot of self-work to go through. Like that process with him was actually a really incredible gift to our marriage because we Many couples will let that pull them apart and drive a wedge in between them when one of them is choosing to stay in a religion. I see it. I'm in that space. I'm in those groups. So I see it a lot because there's hundreds of people in these groups and even in my neighborhood that are going through this where one spouse leaves the religion and the other one stays in and it's really hard. And I maybe this is why I needed to talk about this because this has been on my mind a little. I just had somebody call me this morning and tell me that this wasn't my suggestion to them, just so you know. Mm. Never said anything about this to them, but on their very own. And they know I'm a, I'm safe to talk about this. Mm. They just had an MDMA experience with their spouse. And it'd been a rough, rough marriage and getting better and better, though, as they're opening up and being conscious of things. But this experience with them, just life-changing, just incredible. Wow. The most incredible experience, incredible week. And she sent not sent, but allowed her husband to go off for an undetermined amount of time by himself to figure out who he
0: is. And I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. so cool. I just want to stop for a second because I'm just taking in what you're sharing and I'm like blown away. First of all, you went from a traditional, I'm assuming lineage of passed down tradition and very deep rooted religious beliefs. And you are light and you're unassuming in terms of being just i feel like i could see you on the soccer field is what i'm saying and then you transitioned and being more open-minded to allowing the potency of plant medicine to take you through a major life transition am i getting yeah. it right
1: and i won't take all the credit i don't think my mind would have been opened to that and this is i don't want to focus today on this part of the story But my daughter had been sexually abused and she was depressed and she was suicidal and medications weren't working. Therapy was okay. And that was probably the only reason at that stage. And maybe now had someone like me that was like a normal-ish person and saying, no, let me tell you what this really is. And let me tell you my experiences. Then I probably would have been open to it. But at that point in time, it took like, needing to research this and what are the negative side effects? What about the long term and all that for my daughter? Yeah. Because it was a possibility and they're doing the research now on it for depression, for PTSD, for all these different smoking cessation. But I I do want to finish the MDMA story. Please. um, Just really fast for guests because sometimes we throw out these things and I know what they were three years ago or what I mean, four years ago, but I'm just throwing them out willy nilly. (laughs) And the MDMA is... Like the clinical pure version of molly or ecstasy. And ecstasy more denotes a partying thing that might be laced with other things. And they were, before everything got shut down, using this in couples therapy. Now, the clinical trials that they're doing, and there's one in Las Vegas right now that people can look for, is for PTSD. And they are finding incredible results for PTSD with MDMA. It is something that you don't want to just be thrown around. It is chemically addictive, whereas mushrooms and psilocybin and LSD are not chemically addictive. It was last time I looked, it was like a month away of being FDA approved for this clinical therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then this other couple, they were a mixed faith marriage. One had left, one hadn't. The wife was like, I have so much resentment. They were just staying together for the kids, really. I have so much resentment for him. He ruined my life. This was my plan. We were going to heaven together. We were married in the temple, and now it's ruined. That Like, he's ruined my eternal salvation, right? Mm -hmm. So she was holding so much resentment towards him. And they did an MDMA experience together, and she said, I— Felt that resentment leave my body. Like I just threw it out the window. And I was like, she was able to open up and drop her defenses and just see him and see this journey he's been on and his heart. And I think even in my religion, there's this bigger picture we don't understand. And I'm like, you know what? The God I believe in, you're both good people. And mm-hmm. not gonna, he's not going to punish this good person i don't believe in punishment at all really it's just an experience we're experiencing and choosing and there has to be the negative there has to be this shame or we wouldn't have reason to be really but to need each other or come together and i don't know there's it's so much bigger right it's not just he decided to leave the church and so now My eternal salvation is absolutely
0: fifty five hundred shades of gray. In there, there's a lot. (laughs) There, there is a lot to be said for people starting to open up their eyes and appreciate outside of. We're seeing this transition outside of people coming out of the stigmas of religion or starting to question what we have always thought. And it's so refreshing to see that there's a possibility, like for the couple you're mentioning, where they were able to come together. As opposed to potentially if they had maybe not gone that route, it could have ended in a much more dysfunctional and hard, you know, harsh way. So I'm totally interested in everything you're sharing. I think that this is so timely because more and more, I don't know much about the Mormon faith, but I know it from a perimeter perspective of I built a business with the company doTERRA. There's a lot of people that are affiliated with that as a Mormon based founders of that company are Mormon. So I, I've been to Salt Lake City many times. I'm totally a, and I've always been fascinated actually by the Mormon faith in particular because of so many reasons. And it's such beautiful and nice people and just welcoming people. But I don't know the inside and the inner workings. And so thank you for sharing a little bit about that and a little bit about the possibilities that you're seeing from your very unique perspective of being in that faith and now transitioning into this this passion of sharing plant medicine with people. Yeah. And Yeah, and I agree
1: great. with you. Wonderful people. They, they're wonderful people. And I always Absolutely. knew that. There are good people inside the church. There are good people outside the church. Like I knew that. And I think that... Most everybody, it's just where they're at, right? Everyone's trying to do better usually and they don't know any better if they're not. But most everyone in there is just trying to do the very best that they can, right? They're trying to be good parents. They're trying to be good people. And I love them and I love the faith and I had a great childhood and upbringing and there's so many beautiful things that are in all religions, really. There are a lot of, at its core, people... The reason why they're created, I think, is this beautiful seed, and sometimes there's a lot of things that get skewed in the process as it grows and builds. But I think, thanks for letting me talk about that a little bit, and I am open to other questions about it, but just going back to this transition really fast that helped My husband and I grow, and so he's leaving. I'm staying in the church, and we had to decide if we were going to make this something that we are going to fight daily about, that we were going to have this big thorn in our marriage, or if we were just going to love each other and allow them to have their own paths and their own journey. And he was, I was trying to figure out how to do this, and he released me to that, and just said, I'm, if you're happy, then you should stay. And I'm not going to tell you that you're burying your head in the sand and you're being ignorant or stupid or whatever. I'm just, if that makes you happy. And that was, and he meant it. And it it was so relieving to me to just, I breathed and exhaled finally. And it didn't mean we didn't talk about issues and we didn't, and that is actually something I loved because he was very closed off about a lot of things. And we started talking about these mm. deep issues. And I was like, this is incredible. Let's keep talking. So I, because I was so starving for that emotional connection with him, I didn't care if it was talking about Joseph Smith's wives, if it was talking about whatever, I was just like, let's dig into this. Let's talk. And I think that opened me up to actually looking instead of keeping blinders on and saying, that's just a lie or whatever, but let's actually look. The, I exhaled for a minute and then I was like, Oh shit, I really got to look and see. I've seen enough that there's some questions in my mind I want answered. And I really have to do this myself. I have to figure out all on my own. And I really kept praying and meditating and staying close to my connection with my higher power. And it was a really incredible. But th- I think one of the bigger things in that story too is me releasing him from needing to save him. From him, him leaving the church or not, and trying to hang on to that control, and just it came. I'm trying to find the right word because I have some spiritual words and some non spiritual words, but it it came as like a wave of truth over my body that he is, and it was after a prayer meditation. But he is on his perfect path, and he is supposed to leave the church, and. From that point onward, since it was through my body, because I could know that logically. Of course, he's on his own path. But until you feel it and it actually, the emotion leaves your body, it was so easy after that. I wasn't hanging on and clinging on any change he would make. It was just like, yeah, I'm good. That's his choice. He's supposed to do this.
0: This is part of his path. So that was pretty incredible. It had nothing to do with plant medicine and any of that. I was going to ask if that had entered into the equation at all at that point, or if this was just your own oh. work and being present. And I'm really inspired by what you're sharing because it's not easy. <laughs> Obviously, I've been married for almost 19 years. It's not easy to share space with someone if your values are unique, if you're, if you're coming at things from very different, different perspectives. End. My husband and I see things quite differently. and. Yeah. It's very refreshing to hear that you were able to release that and allow him to have really his own path and freedom and also not run and not make him wrong or all these things that can be such a triggered reaction. How long was that process? He had been like partially active for about 10
1: years. And so I'd been with my life coach working through this, like, Mm -hmm. no. And same with my kids. It was like, You'd go to church and it'd be like, you're responsible. You are their steward. You are responsible yeah. for teaching them. And if they don't, and then the husband's role in this, and I'm like, no, you should be doing this, honey. And you should, uh, funny, patriarchy comes into play there because I was like, you should be taking patriarchy over me. I was like forcing him into this patriarchy role, which is so weird, but that's what I was told you're supposed to do, right? To do. And he's like, I don't want it. I don't want to give blessings. I don't want this responsibility. I don't want... I don't want it. And then my kids were like questioning, or how do we know we have the right God and it's not one of these other gods? And just lots of social things usually come up for the kids first and mm-hmm. really necessarily why I left. But the Blacks not getting the priesthood till the year I was born, 1978, and the LGBTQ stuff and transgender is really big, yeah. hot topic right now. I strongly support people in the LGBT community yeah and i felt in the church i personally the church maybe had some weird stuff going on but i personally could love them and accept them Mm -hmm. and so i was good with that even while being in the church but anyway parenting i was going through a transition before that and then my husband started looking deeper into something couple months that he was researching and we were talking and there was this dissonance and it would I'd get coached and a the dissonance I was like, okay, I'm good. it's good. this is his. And then it'd come back again and then so a couple months he leaves. I'm like, woohoo, I'm free. I can just be in the church, but wait, I gotta decide for myself. never mind. I now the anxiety's back. And then that was a couple months and I followed my heart. I was like so in touch and in tune and talking directly with God that I didn't, I don't feel like I was ever alone in the dark night of the soul so much. And people describe, so it was pretty fast, a couple months basically. And right after felt really connected and good with where I was at and what I was choosing. Anyway, so yeah. Moving past the faith transition story, but I think it needed to come out for somebody to, even just if you're not faith transitioning, that working with your spouse. And how long ago was that? I'm not like a super linear person. I cannot tell you like dates. It was right after we moved here. So I do have a date, July 2019. Okay. So a few years. So fairly fresh. Last time I went to church was like, it closed for COVID in March of 2020. And that was probably
0: the last time I went to church. So... You had a question. I was just going to say, like, how has your life transformed since? What was that transition? Oh, like, what has it incredible. been like? Incredible. That's for me. I'm like, you guys, stop wallowing in this, like,
1: crap here. Just <laughs> make your decision. Talk to God, whichever way it is. Stay or go. It doesn't matter. Like people who are in this faith crisis, right? This is tried. I don't tell it to people like that. I don't diminish their what they're going through and how hard it is when your whole life is being torn apart. But it was so much fun. It was like, who am I? Who are you? You can find out who you are too, honey. Like the kids, who are you guys? Why don't let's figure this out? I don't know. Do I want to go to this drum circle? My heart says yes, yeah, so I'm going to a drum circle. That sounds whatever crazy and just all of this stuff. Like I can't even now. I want to go back to like my journal kind of thing. Those days because it feels so long ago. That was just. And this couple said it to the MDMA one. They were like, it's life before I divide my life in two segments, like life before plant medicine and MDMA and psilocybin and life after. So it was still just an exciting time of self-discovery. And who are we as a couple? And what are we as a family? And we're just having these open conversations with our kids about these issues that are in that they've been taught their whole life in the church or they've been fighting their whole life in the church. And just like... Laughing and playing music, and everybody in our families are just dancing. We're the teenagers, and we're just being silly and we're sitting around. I was like, I did not know that when I opened myself up to love myself, and then I let that expand out to my family, and just I'm, I love you. You want to get a tattoo? That's your choice. And I'll like, I'll go through my own stuff about this, but I don't, I love you. Like, I have just this so much closer to unconditional love than I'd ever experienced before. And that really shifted in my journey. But it was a fun period even before that. Just who, what do we believe? What are, like, let's discover this. Just who are we as a couple? Then we discover plant And I told you, since someone handed me the book, How to Change Your Mind for my daughter. And I ended up having a journey. And this I was actually at a place. I'm thinking all this fun that I'm talking about right now in unconditional love. It probably was really spurred on from this plant medicine journey and because I was really in a place of I've been parenting like 20 years and I had a kid still in potty training. I'm still changing poopy underwear. And I am like, I am done with this. Who told me I had to have five kids to be a worthy human being? And then I needed to get married when I was 20 and start having babies immediately and never live my own damn life and decide who I was. Like, I was just so there was a little bit of that energy as I left, a little bit of wait, why did I just listen to this? Like, even sure. people in the church don't just. I have friends who don't have five kids and I think they're perfectly normal people, but I internalize certain things in our sex life too. We talk about it now. We're like, why did we think it was not okay to talk about this and to like, research this. Like, how to have an orgasm for a woman. Neither of us knew, but we didn't feel okay to, like, research this. That was, like, so ridiculous. Anyway, so all these things were coming out, but this, right before this plant medicine journey, I was just really in, like, midlife crisis, depression, and not wanting to be a mom anymore. Like, I just was like, I want to do something for myself. I don't yeah. want to just keep laundry and dishes and change diapers and Run the carpool and like, I'm tired and I want to give something to myself. Yes, I so
0: do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we were living in that space of just, but we're stuck here. So I guess we're just going to be the martyr and trudge through and finish this parenting thing off because we're not gonna give them away. And really if you're a kid and for us as parents, how fun is that to be parented by a mom who's just trudging through and being the martyr for you and gonna finish parenting because she made the decision. Like, that's terrible. Who wants to be parented by that? It was awful. Absolutely. The plant medicine journey and it was this was a full journey. So tell
0: us what – I'm going to interrupt you really quickly because I just want to bring the listener up to speed. What is your definition of a journey? Fill us in on what that means.
1: So I won't go into details about dosage or anything. Mm. I don't want to be, like, recommending something to people. So Johns Hopkins, the work they're doing with depression and expansion and mystical experiences, all those types of things, they – what's the name? Something dose. A therapeutic dough is, I've read the research on it, I want to say around 2.5 grams, depending on body weight for the person, that that would be of psilocybin, magic mushrooms. So studies being done on LSD, and that's totally different system, but it's a very similar experience. LSD is known as acid, and that's a street name for it. And it is grown on ergot. It's a fungus grown on ergot, wheat, basically. And it is just a taken from that. Right? Mm-hmm. It's more a little more chemical, so some people think of it differently than mm-hmm. psilocybin, but very similar. And the as I dug into these studies for my daughter, what I found was like we've been lied to. It was actually the similar feeling as as the church is like we we made to be, been be, we've been made to believe these certain things and not even go look at That's that. Right. Don't even go look at that. That is bad. Sex and drugs are bad. So the government did a great smear campaign, propaganda mm-hmm. campaign also with the don't do drugs and the dare oh, yeah. and the, all of this stuff. And when you go actually looking at the research, even research that was done 40 years ago or what in the 60s and 70s, it's, oh, this isn't what they make it sound like it is. Yeah. Yes. There are dangers. There are contraindications with sure. other medications. There are dangers. There are psychiatric dangers and people that may never be able or want to take these substances. And it's not for everybody at all times. But as I looked at the research and I found the negative side effects, The they're like less than all the supplements and medication in my cover and my half of our processed food. Yeah. And they're not addictive. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, so the side effects are that you want to go for walks more and healthier. Wait, what are the other side effects? Okay. Eye floaters. Okay. I can see that if that could be a problem for people, what are the other side effects? And it's, oh, people usually just feel a little happier and more joyful. Like it's insane the propaganda around your
0: point I feel like a lot of our world is upside down world I call it where everything that you are told is good you should definitely research (laughs) it doesn't take digging too deep when you hear the list of side effects on your television for every pharmaceutical right and then and then anything that is deemed taboo perhaps is worth further investigation and discernment on your own personal path and the reason being, and I think this is what, you know, you're speaking to, is that life can be enhanced by exploring these alternative, quote unquote, although becoming more, and what I love about your voice in this is, yeah, it, we're moving into a place where this is becoming more acceptable and less taboo, and a place that actually can have lasting benefit on relationships. Oh, yes. On your mental well-being, because you Mm -hmm. were saying, I relate to this. You go through the motions. You do all the day in, day out, monotonous chores that go along with the role of most mothers or being in charge of domestic responsibilities. Right. And then your perhaps your counterpart is playing the role of going through the motions with high-stress jobs or corporate commitments and all of that day in and day out. And so sparking joy and bringing joy back into our life, like, why shouldn't we look at that deeper or explore that option because this is it. It's not, we're not going to get to some magical destination in life and all of a sudden it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's actually everyday life that can be enhanced. I'm getting from what you were saying about your story of being a mom and having, oh my gosh, I can't imagine five children and just all that requires all that oh. you have to show up and are called forth to, to handle. Yeah. So I'm loving this because I'm first of all, totally get it, totally feel where you're coming from with that. But tell us about like that joy that this has brought into your life and how that has enhanced your, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with other people as a mom. I, I want to know.
1: Tell yes. Me. Yes. That is the biggest thing. So in that first experience, I experienced my loved ones souls so all my children my husband i it's so hard to explain but i felt who they were in their essence of their being and it's to such a deep level that it's indescribable i like it was so beautiful tears just streaming down my face as i went from one child To the next, and I saw my husband's heart and I saw his essence in a way I'd never felt before. And I'm looking at their uniqueness and their amazingness, and it was just like my whole heart is filled with love and joy. And I'm like, oh, this is it's so funny. It's so cute that Human Harmony thought that she was doing these kids a favor by sticking it out and parenting them when they are like this gift. They're this gift. And they are who, why I'm, you know, who I am. So that was a really incredible realization. And that journey is very, I want to say, sacred to me. And the change that I had after, just like... I was in like the ninth dimension or whatever. You know how Mm -hmm. sometimes you're feeling good and you're on like a little higher frequency and you're feeling whatever instead of in the third dimension, you're like in the fifth dimension or something. I was like way above that. And my heart, it stayed open. It was like when people have sometimes near-death experience, Mm -hmm. really the closest I can describe it. And sometimes that veil stays open. Then Mm -hmm. They can have this connection to the other side. And. I felt like that heart opening, that joy, it just stayed open for months. And I was like the best version of myself. And it doesn't feel fake. It's not like someone's just like making you happy when you're not, right? Mm -hmm. It feels like the truest essence of your soul, who I really am authentically, the joy, the understanding of the ups and the downs and those highs and those lows and how, you know, your child's throwing a fit and it's, like, yeah, he's experiencing his human, this is beautiful. This is, it's okay for him to be sad about this. It's okay for me to be sad about this. And I was spending my time where I needed to spend it. I've never, with ADHD and just maybe my personality, I've never really been able to feel like I've been present. There's always like all these things trying to draw my attention and I'm there with somebody, but I can't quite focus on them because I know there's all these other things. I can't, that's the best way to describe it because that sounded really scattered and that's how I feel sometimes. And we'll get to microdosing and ADHD studies that they have and how awesome that is, but just was present. I was present with myself and the love and the care I needed to take for myself. Decisions were always hard for me. It was like, oh, I shouldn't leave my family to go do this thing for my, me. That's bad. And all these, mm. what should I do? And it was just like, yes, that's where, yes, I'm supposed to go to this meditation. And yes, I'm going to not go to that sound bowl experience, even though it sounds incredible because I'm supposed to be here with my family. Like it was so easy to know in my heart. And when I was with my teenagers, and we'd go to the pond or the, our little secret waterfall place that my son once wanted to go to on his birthday, my teenager, and just spend time with me. That's what he wanted to do on his birthday. It was so neat. Oh, I and love just, that. And our heart, my heart was just open to them. I didn't really even have to say anything, but I felt like I was more in tune to just what to say when I did, or not what to say, but I, was just there for them. And then
0: heart was open. I have a teenager too. And I have this theory that you're somewhat speaking to about when I'm in my heart and I have my guard down and I have my defenses down and I'm not trying to project or control or be hard on, on her. It's like we have this heart connection that is indescribable, and it speaks to, again, taking down that stigma of teenagers. What is that about where people are like, oh, people just unconsciously saying things about how teenagers are worse or they're so hard? I absolutely, if that is your experience, I think it comes back to your heart being closed and you being shut down. And I just, that has been one of the most exciting things for me as a mom, and is what you're speaking to, of having a heart-centered connection with the wisdom and all that is my teenager. It is beyond a gift. It is amazing. So I have chills that you said that because I feel Mm -hmm. so I'm like, wow, like, again, another example of something that we've been told, that it's absolutely not necessarily true or doesn't have to be.
1: Oh, yes. The teenagers are incredible when you let them figure themselves out and be themselves and you just love them wherever they're at even if they're in the mess of it cuz guess what i've been in the mess of it a lot in my life <laughs> absolutely and you need to love yourself through that and love them through that and like you've said such a good point in all of this anytime with the life coaching what it taught me is anytime i'm looking at someone else and thinking they need to change something or they're not showing up for me or whatever my husband's not spending enough time with me. Am I spending enough time doing the things I love with mm. me? Or are my kid's not cleaning enough, right? Then it's, oh, am I clean doing my chores enough? No, not really. That's why I'm frustrated at his thing. And I've had some deeper experiences with that, but I won't go into it too much. But on a microdose, releasing some resentment against my son that I've been working through and working through on, I do the Byron Katie work you're familiar with that. And logically, I can get there sometimes, but that deep feeling it and releasing
0: the emotion. Mm-hmm. So can I ask what specific plant medicine was that initial journey on where you felt was so transformational? Was that? Psilocybin. I, that was psilocybin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And is that, have you experimented with any other plant medicine or is that kind of your preference? A
1: Yeah, a little bit, but the magic mushrooms, psilocybin, if people don't know, that's what that is. That's mostly it. And just a little like nerdy info, or if people are interested, the psilocybin journeys are about four to six hours. Yeah. LSD journeys, although I said they're similar in feeling, I actually haven't done a full LSD experience, just microdosed it, but from what I have read and heard from other people, but it's in hours. Yeah, and so doing a full journey on LSD, yeah, like it doesn't really fit into things so well. You got to set aside some time to do that, and same like ayahuasca, they usually do several nights of it, and it's this whole thing. Yes, and anyway, they're all very unique and powerful, and encourage people to be intentional. That's right. Just very intentional when they're using any of those things. Yeah,
0: I had a few LSD journeys that when I was. Really young, I don't know again that we're definitely not intentional, and I have a little bit of hesitation to try any that that particular medicine, just again from my own history of it, but i yeah as I've spoke to before that the microdosing of the psilocybin for me personally and being i'm somewhat I am a sensitive person, so for me that feels so Again, aligned, and it's not a journey where maybe you're going as deep, but it certainly is helping me in my everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah. And you were going to speak to that, the my microdosing, too. can you? Yes.
1: Yeah. The microdosing has helped anywhere from, and I've heard of other people microdosing MDMA. Also, for one guy said he did that for a hard conversation with his mom where he just wanted his defenses to be down and his heart to be open, which I was fascinated. I'd never heard of that. But microdosing, for me, it does. I've had those experiences where I'm able to release resentment and process through something and improve those relationships because it helps drop your ego, And that when I talk about defensiveness, that's what I'm talking about. Like my ego wanting to come up and be like, no, I'm not. You're wrong. I'm right. Whatever. But the just the day to day. So I'll give you my first microdosing experience. I took it. I forgot that I took this little capsule and I got to five or six o'clock and I just spent a normal day work, kids, laundry. I was doing the dishes and I'm putting dishes in and I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, Like I have dishes and a dishwasher in this beautiful home. This is incredible. I'm just doing dishes. Like what an incredible life I have. Today's been such a really good day. Just a really good day. And I was like, what happened today? To make it a really good day. And I was looking for a thing that happened, Mm -hmm. right? Did a friend come over and bring me flowers or go to lunch (laughs) with no, I didn't go to lunch with anybody. Or I was trying to find this thing and I was like, nothing out of the ordinary. Just a boring old day that and then I was like, oh, there's a book by Ayolette Wadman, and it's called A Really Good Day, and it's her experiences with microdosing. And she used to be a prosecutor. She would drug an alcohol prosecutor, and she was suicidal, and she talks about the first time she microdosed <clears throat> and why she did, because she wanted to be alive. She was the sole caretaker of her two daughters. She didn't want to commit suicide, but she hadn't seen joy and she ex- she does that so when i said those words to myself i just had a really good day i was like oh i took that little capsule and what i describe it as is caffeine for the soul it's actually mm-hmm. less addictive than caffeine mm-hmm. so cannabis isn't chemically addictive but it is ha- pretty habit forming they've actually found magic mushrooms or psilocybin microdosing to be non-habit forming it's not something that people are using and it's okay to use long term your resistance goes up but you have to so you do a protocol and take little breaks but not habit forming
0: i love what you said about and it came to me when you were talking about doing the dishes and just having that being in the moment and i feel like for me it's like that it was like yes like that appreciation amplifier appreciation for what is and just being in the moment of what is and not wanting to escape or run it it allows you to just appreciate with your heart like you said yes. caffeine for the soul that is exactly right? the perfect way yeah.
1: to Yeah. Put it I take in my experience. Than, I take less than 70 milligrams of caffeine once one to two times per week. So I'm very intentional with my <laughs> caffeine what I put into my body, right? And I notice sometimes i don't take it for weeks and then i do and i'm like caffeine right and and it's it changes your state right and i think that is really it's really a good idea because people don't understand they're like i don't want to get addicted to it i'm like okay you could get addicted to adderall but this isn't the same thing (laughs) this is different you're not there's not a downside right there's not huge downsides for most people We will need to put a disclaimer at the first of this that I'm not a doctor and I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a mental health professional and this is not advice. When it just, okay, back to the caffeine. Caffeine for your soul. It doesn't feel like it is covering up something or it is putting something fake into me. It feels like it's stripping away all of the stuff that's put on from the outside of what we should look like and should be and how a good mom is it's just bringing me back to my essence of who I truly am it feels like it's showing me that gratitude that's underneath that I'm am able to feel so it's really hard to describe till someone has tried it right like how do you describe chocolate how do you describe but it is incredible and it's a little deeper so caffeine I'm it makes it lifts my mood And it gives me some energy and I want to get the house clean and go out for a walk too. That's how you feel. It gives you a little energy. You want to go out for a walk. You want to play with your kids. You want to live life. You want to enjoy life. And But the joy to me feels a little more, the caffeine's a little happy. And this feels like a depth of joy to me. A deeper feeling of gratitude and joy and appreciation for life.
0: I feel like this is all—it's reaffirming. It's so fascinating. I just love that you are in this space and talking about this because it takes a certain amount of courage, right? Oh, to, gee. To, and, it took me a minute. Yeah, it <laughs> takes a certain amount of courage, and I just have such respect for using your voice in an authentic, this is it, take it or leave it way. So thank you for sharing from honestly and about your background and all of that. I don't take lightly because I realize there is a lifetime of experiences and programming that you really, you decided to go a different way with. And that is, that takes a lot of bravery and thank you for sharing that. But yeah, tell us anything else that you feel like you want to really hit home on. So one thing that came up is while you were talking
1: there, is that you? this allows you to see what's possible, to see a glimpse into who you truly are and how it feels to live authentically. I didn't know that. I couldn't even see this. You can't. You don't know what you don't know. You mm-hmm. can't see those possibilities if you've never experienced or felt it before. So it allowed me to see a glimpse of what is possible and how it's possible to live and how it's possible to be around others when my kids are having a hard time or struggle or fighting with me, I can be a different way around them. How I can be around my spouse completely differently and show up in a different way that allows him to be different. So he doesn't have to do any work. He doesn't have to go to a therapist. He doesn't have to take plant medicine. And just me being... Who I authentically am changes everybody in the family. And you don't understand the depth to that. You know how it works when you're angry and you're mad and you're yelling, right? It changes everything in the family, right? When you're happy, it changes a little bit too. But the depth of you being your authentic self, how that changes everything around you and all the people around you is incredible. So the point that I was going to make with this is that it gives you a glimpse into what's possible and how it's possible to live. And then you don't need the medicine. You understand how it feels in your soul to live authentically, and you don't need to go back to that plan. They actually found out of 10,000 people who are microdosing, they are doing less than the amount that they're told to do. This is not some addictive substance that we're worried about you getting addicted to. And you don't need that medicine once you've seen the possibility and feel it. And for me, I need a little routine. So I always have, and this is the reason I'm passionate about coaching and doing breathwork experiences and meditations, facilitating those to give people a glimpse of what's possible and then just show them what's possible and then I think you still need integration. You still need some type of life coach. And sometimes I'm like, I'm good for a couple months. Like mm-hmm. anything, like whoa, I need a little brush up here. I need to remember again. Usually I go to a retreat, or I go to an energy worker, or I go to a meditation by myself before I really even think to go to plant medicine. There's, it's a big commitment. That's not yeah. most people, and there's exceptions like. Just like jumping to that. And some people can be like, I want this to fix me. I want this to fix me. But it's not the norm, I think, from what I've seen and experienced. I think that, yeah, I think that's
0: beautiful because it's like we're not outsourcing these, Mm -hmm. we're not relying on a substance to always get us to this place where we are in a state of pleasure or we're in a state of, we're actually learning how to create that feeling ourselves. But Sometimes you have to feel it first, right? Just like Mm -hmm. muscle memory or when you start taking yoga at first, it's so awkward and you're looking all around and you're not at all like in your body yet because you have all sorts of fears or you're looking at what everybody else is doing or you don't know if you're going to get it right. And then once you have a yoga practice, you can close your eyes and just be present and just flow with what's coming through in the moment, and you don't need necessarily the instructor at the front of the room. That's what you're saying in terms of yeah. you start neural. to create these new neural pathways. You start mm-hmm. to open up and open your heart, and it's, it is potent enough that it can be lasting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's life.
0: You're going to have yes. ups and downs and
1: having tools to help you when you're in that downs so that, and a new higher norm. So you're like mm-hmm. highest here, and then you used to go down here or whatever, I think it's good to have lots of different tools. That's why I'm doing my podcast is to show people there are alternative things to taking pharmaceuticals. And there are lots of alternative ways that you can keep and get yourself back aligned. So wrapping that up and then into this microdosing thought I had while you were talking there, I don't actually, I maybe misrepresented microdosing because it can just as the larger doses do this same thing. They're very heart opening. So in plant medicine, it allows me to feel those lows, but it holds me in them. And I know this is part of the experience and it's going to be okay. This is, it's okay. And I also feel those heights of joy and overflowing love and gratitude and compassion for myself and others. So with microdosing, one thing to be careful of is that it can heighten those things. And that's the beauty of plant medicine is it will bring those things up that you're struggling with. So people use it to heal from trauma, right? And they're like, oh, I cried the whole time. That was so hard and so okay. terrible. It brought up all of my trauma and my pains. And it was incredible and the most life-changing thing I've experienced. And it was like five years of therapy in five hours. And so it's not just always this fluffy thing, but microdosing has the potential. With doing this podcast, I interviewed a gal who on ketamine, she'd been sexually abused and physically and mentally abused her entire life by her caretakers. And she did a ketamine session and she disassociated from her body and got to view it all from a higher consciousness. And she said it was the first time I ever forgave myself. And I was able to see, forgive them. I don't have them in my life, but I was able to see what their life was to lead them up to that point where they were doing that. And I was able to have that awareness. So as I edited this podcast, I'm just crying and crying, thinking about my daughter. All of this stuff, emotions are coming up. So I've all kinds of ways that I was healing from this. And that medicine allowed me to bring that to the surface
0: and to process it and move it through. And it was. Yeah. A gift it was really hard yeah yeah I mean that saying you have to feel it to heal it and we do we are so programmed and on, most of us don't we don't know how to feel hard feelings we don't know how to process those hard emotions and experiences and there's a lot of numbing or just shoving it down never oh. dealing with it and That ends up as disease in the body. It ends up as blockages and it's nothing to mess around with. And if you can get to a place where you can feel safe to be able to move through those hard emotions and those hard, unfortunate circumstances that either you've been through, your family's been through, someone else has been through, that you just can feel it all. There's so much healing in that. Mm. I appreciate how vulnerable and how insightful this whole conversation was and just that you are an open book with these things, especially because your background, you could be very not into talking about anything taboo. And I feel like it's so refreshing and you are such a visionary for people who are looking and who have maybe a background similar to yours. And so I'm just really honored that you came today to talk to us.
1: I'm grateful you
0: allowed me to, yeah,
1: come and share this. It's so important. Can I say to the listeners that as we were just finishing that thought of it can bring up a lot and work through a lot and you really do need to be in a place where you have support after, and I'm not talking about one day after, I'm talking about integration and that you have someone who works for you. It could be me, it could be a life coach, it could be an integration psychedelic integration coach which I have some I'll have some links to on my stuff, but find someone to work with to be able to do that because if you open up all this stuff and you're not really ready to deal with it, you might be incapacitated like you right. need to be in a space where you have the capacity and the time and energy and support to really be able to work all the way through these things that maybe are brought up or start, starting to work through in a thing. So I do, I've developed a technique based on some of my experiences that I've had to release some of these things that are very common. Issues with kids, spouse, self-love, all kinds of different things. And the closest thing, if someone's not in a place where they're safe or legal to, or they're not wanting to do plant medicine for what or able for whatever reason, that that you're still getting someone into an altered state. So we do breath work to get you into an altered state, and then go through some of these processes without any plant medicine to be able to release those. So those are some of the things I'll do a little online and at the retreats, and I'm doing a self-love challenge online that would be free for anyone that just shows you some of those techniques. And it's not, oh, I've reached it. I now have self-love for the rest of my life. It's still a process and a a journey, a relationship that you're doing with yourself to continue that self-love just like you would a relationship with a spouse. You're not just, okay, we're good. Yeah, I hear you. I appreciate (laughs) you
0: bringing up the tools that you offer because that was what I was going to ask is if someone is curious about your experience or just where to begin, where would you point people or where is a good place for people to start and how can they connect with you?
1: Awesome, yeah. My podcast is great. That's free information. But we'll put links in the comments mm-hmm. to how to contact me. Awesome. And my link tree just has all the events and the online events and everything I'm doing. There's a Facebook group I have. And of course, subscribe to my list. We'll put a link there so that I can email you out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, if you'll allow me to wrap up that from the beginning, close it with one more experience. Great. I just had this sense of not having any freedom when I was parenting in that rut. And I had a couple experiences on plant medicine. And one was just standing in nature and experiencing the awesome. I remember asking myself, oh, next time I happen to be on plant medicine, I'm going to like, how do I want this? I want to be free. How do I become free? And it was just like, You already, you've always been free. (laughs) That was the
0: answer. You already are free.
1: Feel it. You just get to feel this, what you're feeling right now, this freedom in your daily life. You have it. You have the freedom already. And so on one of them, I was with a group of people and they were all going to be by a campfire. And I was like, I was having like, I don't want to be over by you guys. Like I need, I'm doing my own thing. So I was doing my own thing, talking to the trees and meditating and feeling all the feelings. And then I was like, I just want to run. I know I should go back over to that campfire, but I'm just going to get on my bike and I'm going to ride as fast as I can. And it was like running away from life. So I wanted to, I just was like, I just want to leave all my responsibilities behind. I don't want to be a parent anymore. I'm just going to Leave everything behind and just go be myself and be free. And so I start riding my bike as fast as I could, and it felt exhilarating and fun. And I was like, I'm just gonna keep riding for, ever. <laughs> and then I get to the end of this lane like 10 seconds later. Not even kidding, but it felt like a lifetime. And I was like, Huh? That was fun. It's lonely here. Miss. Everybody. And and in my mind, I was running away from my family too and my responsibilities. And I was like, and I miss my kids and I miss my husband. And I was like, oh, I really like my life. I think I want to choose that life. And so it was this profound experience that was like, if not a lifetime, like, or 10 years, like I had left my family and children and finally had this realization that it was better before that. I'm seeing this movie or a book, right? It was 10 seconds, but I felt it as if it was years of knowledge and wisdom that, no, I really want to be where I'm at. I want to be here and I want to experience it exactly how it is and love it and just live it to the fullest. Live each moment to the fullest and each relationship. And anyway, it was just this bringing it all back into how I want to live and the message I want to tell other people that That There's options and it feels incredible to just enjoy every moment of life, even
0: the down parts. That is so beautiful and profound and I think a beautiful way to end this conversation, this deeply inspiring and insightful conversation about possibility and self-connection and being available to more depth in our relationships and with ourselves and i've loved every second of it thank you for being here thank you for sharing so openly and honestly you are a gift i appreciate you harmony thank you thank you Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post on social media, or leave a rating and review. It would mean the world to me. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me over on Instagram at feelgoodwithrenee. Thanks again, and I will see you next time.